Hello, my friend. Jeff C. here with a great new resource that I put together just for you. It's a complete database of all the tools that I use to create content and run my business. I've got apps, software, hardware, and even my favorite AI tools. It's easy to find what you need and tells you exactly how I'm using them in my business. To get access to my toolbox, just go to jeffc.com forward slash toolbox. That's J-E-F-F. S is in Sam, I-E-H. That's I before E, especially in C. That's how my mama had me learn it. So go check it out. And if you haven't heard me say it in a while, I appreciate you listening, my friend. And now, on with the episode. Keeping you up to date on the world of social media. Industry experts. Innovators. Creators. Storytellers. And the latest social media tools, tips, and tactics. This is Social Media News Live. Hello, folks. Welcome to Social Media News Live. I'm Jeff C. And you're not. And I'm Chris Stone. And this is the show that keeps you up to date on what's happening in the world of social media and more. Have you ever wondered if you can have a genuine, have genuine networking in the podcasting world? Uh, maybe you've been curious about techniques that lead to maybe impactful connections beyond the microphone, or maybe you're just wondering if networking can help grow your podcast or live show. If these thoughts have crossed your mind, then today's episode is tailor-made for you. We are delighted to host a guest who embodies ideas of networking in podcasting. Eric Fisher, the man behind Beyond the To-Do List, will be unveiling his podcasting journey, his networking strategies, and his invaluable advice for creating lasting relationships with a podcast. So sit back, clear your schedule, clear your mind, and get ready for this week's episode of Social Media News Live. Eric, my friend, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, man. That was a build up. Jeez. Oh yeah. I, I've got to so, live up to it now. You have you better. <laughs> um, if I could talk, I mean, golly, I have like rocks in my mouth or something, but uh, if you don't know about Eric, he's been on the show before he's co-hosted on the show before. Um, he is amazing. You really need to know him you need to follow him everywhere. He is the producer and host of the long running beyond the to-do list podcast for almost 10 years. He's talked over with over 10 years over 11 actually it's 11 now 11 years he's talked with experts on how to implement productivity strategies in their personal and professional lives if you listen to one podcast about productivity it needs to be this one he has got some fabulous fabulous guests and asked some great questions he's also currently the account manager at now marketing group and eric i want to appreciate i just appreciate you coming back on the show because um i know you're busy over there at now but i appreciate yeah. you coming on and yeah, Chris Stone, you. my co-host, who does so much stuff, he's been in the music industry, he does podcasting, he does live remote producing, he does the deal casters, he's taught me all I know about Amazon Live. Chris Stone, thank you for coming today, my friend. Thanks for having me on the best show on the interwebs. I'd be here anyway, watching and listening, Jeff, and you know that, and I, I just love being a part of this community. And is Eric, is this like your 58th time on this show? I mean, this is I like, haven't haven't counted you know really He's you like haven't been on since win. like like a year like i don't think you've been on for a year or so as a guest i don't know i think i think it's been i think there's been at least once or twice in the past year well you did a you did the productivity for podcasting episode and getting ready for 2023 so that's why yes. I'm, yeah so that yep. was probably the last yep. one so yeah you're anyway right. Uh, I'm talking about podcasting and we talked about, you know, Chris doing live streaming. I do live streaming as you can see right now, uh, but I wouldn't be able to do that without our sponsors. You can find out more. Oh, what wrong button there. Holy cow. I'm doing everything wrong. Socialmedianewslive.com. That was Leslie Samuel screaming whistle at you. Um, so uh, I'm sure he appreciates that, but you can find out more about Ecamm at socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They're what allow me to do amazing things like accidentally press the wrong button and bring on a video. You can bring on a video during your podcast if you would like, but you can do all sorts of cool things. Um, and actually, when we're done with this, I have isolated tracks of all of the audio from all of my guests. I have isolated video tracks, so I'll be able to cut that mistake that I just made live on the air very, very easily because of Ecamm. So if you want to find out more about them, make sure you go to socialmedianewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. Let me hit the right button now. There we go. All right. On with the show. All right. We're talking about networking and podcasting. And I think this is something that we don't really talk about because you don't think of like a podcast to be a networking thing. 
But if you start, because a lot of people don't talk about it or drill down and say, hey, this is a strategy you need to use. But it really is. We've got some friends who are in a mastermind, and one of his strategies is he's interviewing people to help him get a job because he's interviewing CEOs who need his services. Um, we network when we're getting guests on our show. Networking happens when I, when Chris and I do kind of the same thing. We re- repurpose clips. That allows us to network with uh, other you know people that we want to have on our show with people we've had on our show so I think it's something we really need to talk about Eric and I and you're really good at this because I I've listened to your show for a long time you've got amazing guests like uh, you know Michael Hyatt John Acuff uh, Todd Henry and not only have you only had them you've had them on once but you've had them as repeat guests and there wouldn't come on your show if it wasn't good and they didn't find value from being on that so I just want to kind of start the whole thing like how is networking, you know, played a role in the success and the evolution of beyond the to do list? Well, it's plain to me that networking is the only reason I have a show. Uh, I wouldn't have any success even starting the show, uh, you know, with the landscape being different now than it was back then, because. Uh, it was because I had enough community involvement with other podcasters and podcast fans and connections in that, you know, in different with different podcasts um, and as well as co-hosting one at the time that gave me a lot of connections and awareness that allowed me to start the show at all. But not only that, but then to grow it as initially and as quickly as I was able to. And so just knowing that I had those people to rely on, I'm not talking in like, you know, onesie, twosie, Facebook messaging, all my friends and family, which back then I did some of, you know, admittedly, <laughs> right. because it's like, Hey, I got a podcast, you know, you're super excited. And you know, things have changed a little bit. You don't technically do that. Although I'm in some Facebook groups where some people had said, Hey, that's all I did. But mm-hmm. point being, if you don't have any kind of network or connection to begin with, that's something you start right away, regardless of what kind of creator you are, because that's where your connections come from. That's where your audience starts to come from. Yeah. And I want to, and I want to talk a little bit about you know, because I think it's people will find it interesting is how like we met, how we got started. If, if you guys don't know, we've talked about it before, but Eric and I are uh, part of a mastermind group that we've met for over five, over five years. Every Monday is it's like almost like getting close to like seven, I think. Anyway, um, but we met back at Podcast San Diego, which was kind of this add on thing that was at Social Media Marketing World. Was it in 2012, 2011, somewhere around there? Yeah, it, it was a, it was, uh, I think it was 13, well, I think it was 14 or 15. Yeah. One of those two. Because I wasn't and speaking at Social Media Marketing World at that point. And I had, yeah, I, I, I yeah. think it was 15 because I think it was the second year that I was at the event and I think it was, and, and I met you at the event, but then the next day we found out we were both going to this essentially a all day meetup with right. some sessions and some community and some networking that podcast movement was putting on. And so we were both there and happened to see you again. And I think, I can't remember if we were sitting down at the table eating lunch together or not, but I just remember we started chatting more. I know we met the day before that though, mm-hmm. in the hallways um, yeah. at the Manchester and because you can't not remember that you met a guy with that beard. I didn't so, have a beard. I was just starting. Remember it wasn't it really was there. Still, it, it was may a not little be where baby it, beard. It may not be where it is now, but yeah. it was way more than I have right now. And so it was definitely standing out. I got to yes. call that out. So, so. It, so back to that, uh, because we went and I was I had not started a podcast. That's why I had gone to uh, podcast, you know, San Diego's because I wanted to learn. And I had an idea to take Manly Pinterest Tips to be a podcast. Uh, and that's when we met. So take us back a little bit to that. I mean, you told us you just saw me with my scruffy face. But like, why did you go to podcast San Diego? You were pretty established as a podcaster already. So why did you go to that? And maybe some takeaways that you had from it. Well, the thing is, is that you you can't not attend events. You can't ever, I mean, ultimately the thing about networking is, is you can't ever not, it's like working out. Once you'd get it to a certain point, you can't just say, okay, I've reached my peak and now I'm done. You have to continue to interact with people. The thing about, the thing about networking is, is it's not about the network itself and it's not about what you get out of it or what you give to it. It's about the relationships. And that's an ongoing thing. I mean, try to tell your wife that like, you know, Hey, we, okay. We've been married for like 10 years now. I think I'm going to stop like trying whatever that means. And so 
you know, again, I liked that it was a small local face to face gathering about a singular topic. And and honestly, I think we need more of those again. I think we've got all the large podcasts. I mean, we've got a number of large podcast conferences out there. There could probably be room for one or two more. But I think there's way more room for the thing that's kind of like a pod camp. And if you're unfamiliar with that, that's something that Christopher S. Penn and Chris Brogan created. They happen to call it pod camp, but it was really all kinds of content marketing and creation and all that uh, before the creator of economy was called that back in the day. But that was something where in most of the major cities, you'd go to Boston or Chicago or Nashville was one of my favorites. We even mm-hmm. did one, I think, in Indianapolis once. But there's wh- wherever you were local within a, a, an hour or two drive, you could find a pod camp that was an annual thing. And it was an all day, one or two day thing. And it was sessions and anybody could speak. You didn't have to like pay or submit. You just well, you did submit, but then you got on the list and there was this thing called the law of two feet that if you were sitting in the session and it didn't apply to you within you know, a couple minutes, you could get up and walk out, no hard feelings. The magic was always in the hallway and it was that kind of a thing. And so that is, I think, something that needs to be brought back and coordinated, I think, a little more. Somebody else, I'm, I'm making the call. Somebody needs to do it. I wish I had time to do it. I think maybe a conglomerate of, or a group of people could do it, but let's do this. Yeah. Well, I want to just real quick, uh, one of the things you said about always be learning and our friend Dan Miller who is a longtime podcaster, one of the things that always impressed me, and I still see him at Podcast Movement or, or other conferences where he's attending, he attends sessions and takes notes. He has made it. Like, he's got, like, he is one of the big wigs, I think, but he is, I don't know how old he is, he is older than me, but he continuously learns, and he can, he doesn't come and speak and then bail. He sits there, and he goes around, and he talks with people, and he goes to those sessions and is always learning, which I just think is amazing. So well, the thing about that is that, and I've talked to him about this is like, he said that uh, basically Dan Miller said that there, he, I don't, he doesn't look at it. He doesn't look at his situation as having air quotes made it. Mm -hmm. He looks at it as he has a peer group. He has an audience. He has followers. He has fans. He has friends. He has people that need his help and he's going to always continue to do that. And the thing is, is just the landscape and the current state of things changes all the time. There's always new things. You don't want to, I don't want to put it in a FOMO kind of a framing, but there's right. always something new coming along to talk about, to try to experiment with. And if you're not putting your hand on the pulse, either by showing up in person or even doing something digitally uh, or having trusted curated sources of news, et cetera, um, and or people with good opinions like Dan uh, and this show that you you're going to miss out on something that could invariably move the needle for you much more than what you're already currently doing. I mean, if, if anything, if any, if I've learned anything about productivity is that things continue to move and there's ways to optimize things, but only with awareness and data. And that's what doing that and showing up and being present and interacting with people does for you. Mm, that's great. So speaking of being present, Chris Stone, um, I don't remember where the first time we met was. I think it was at a conference in real life. I mean, we had talked back and forth on online and stuff, but I think it was maybe a podcast movement or maybe it was the Amazon um, thing where we first met in real life for the first time. But I would love to know. The first time we met was, was networking on a podcast on Dealcasters. Je- yeah. uh, Jim Fuse Jim Fuse says, hey, there's this, there's this, there's this, do you know who Jeff C is? I was like, I know who he is but I've never met him yet. And, and so Eric, I mean, this is, uh, this isn't, I always went the, in, in my business, when I'm dealing with someone and I'm having a, a client call with, with a prospective podcaster, I always tell them the most underrated. And I mean that in the best possible way, because people here underrated, they think it's a bad thing, but people forget about this being one of the most underrated. In fact, in some cases, the most important part of doing a podcast, this is your opportunity to meet more people. And this is your opportunity to get more contacts. People want to talk about LinkedIn Navigator. They want to talk about all these, you know, ways to to get leads and to get all these contacts. You want to do business with somebody? Ask them to be on your podcast, and uh, and then be able to interact with that person and network with that with that person. But I think a lot of people when they when they get in this business, Eric, and they they want to do a podcast, they just want to do a podcast because they think they should. Mm-hmm. 
And when you have a conversation with them about networking and actually increasing their business leads and increasing what they can do from a business perspective, you start having that conversation with them, but they're just starting, right? So maybe is there something in your experience, Eric, because you've been doing this ever since the, the, the microphone was invented. Um, <laughs> is In your experience, is there like... What came, what was the moment or maybe a story of when networking actually said in, you were like, oh my gosh, this is for me. This is, this is actually something that I can take and develop and use in, in my podcasting as a part of your journey. Well, I think uh, the best story I can tell you, I mean, again, I would say that there's no amount of my show existing or having any success without networking pre being uh, predating that. So I knew of somebody who was pretty close with Michael Hyatt. And I knew that I had to have Michael Hyatt on my show. I didn't know how or when, but I knew it had to happen. And so I was at, um, I knew Michael was going to be speaking at, what was it called at the time? Blog World in New York City in the summer of 2012. And so my friend was gonna be there too. And he and I said, hey, can you introduce me? We had never met before. Little did I know, Michael already knew of me because I was you know, doing little co-hosting things with other people. And so he had heard my voice, he had been impressed and I didn't know it. So then when I went up to meet him and his book platform was new at the time, and I said, hey, and he's like, he knew my name before I knew you know, before I in, in, had introduced myself, like he nice. had, he recognized my voice, et cetera. At least that's how I like to remember it. That may not be totally <laughs> true, but because what I will say is that another person, John Acuff did the same thing to me. I saw him speaking at a Dave Ramsey thing in Indianapolis in like 2011, 2012 or something that same summer. And I walked up, I was in line, got up to meet him and I went to shake his hand. He's like, Eric Fisher. And I'm like, he knew my name already because I'd been interacting with him online and had caught his attention, yeah. et cetera. So the, the, but the importance there was I knew that I was going to have to suck it up, be brave and ask for these bigger name people to be on my show, which did not exist yet. Right. Mm. Like you're asking somebody to be on my show. And and what, what do most podcast most podcasters these days, if, if it's a big name guest, you expect to hear back from the guest. Well, what's your downloads? You know, how long have you been? How many shows right. do you have? And things like, you know, all this data and metrics. And it's like they didn't ask me any of that. They knew that what I was going to make was going to be really good. I think I had the name at the time already. And they were like, ooh. I mean, I'm again, I'm faking that they were excited. But um, <laughs> ultimately, ultimately it's because they had had contact with me slash contact with me through something else, whether it was their forum they'd created or through somebody else that they knew I knew. And so I was kind of vetted already. And so it was that approach to them that, you know, being, being bold without being cocky about it, right. Mm -hmm. That I was able to make that ask. And so here's the key. Michael was actually the first person I ever recorded with. I had other people lined up, but it was like, um, they weren't going to be able to do it in time for me to launch when I wanted to. So I was like, okay. So I recorded with him first and he was my first pod solo podcast recording. And even now I go back and, you know, shows much better than it was then 11 years ago, but that episode's still really good. And I'm proud of it. Mm. Mm. That, so, uh, Jim Fuse says, uh, Eric has a great voice. Uh, love the beyond the to-do list. Maybe you should just do start doing ASMR and like, just like for Jim Fuse, just talk into the mic and rub your beard on it or something. Jim, it's, Jim, what, yeah. what planet are you on right <laughs> now? Jim? Fine. So, Chris always talks about that podcasting live video is the, is a long game, right? Um, in fact, you know, I do, I've talked about it before, but I am the producer for Guy Kawasaki's Remarkable People podcast. Well, I've had a relationship with Guy, you know, had him on my show. He's like my first big guest. And people need to understand that there's a long-term effect with some of these guests that you never know what's going to happen. Another example, Eric and I met at Podcast San Diego. We became friends. We started to do this mastermind thing. He got me the gig running Pinterest for Social Media Examiner. Then then Social Media Examiner hired me. They were my biggest client for five years. I did their shows, I remote produces, all because, and it trickles back to networking at Pod, you know, Podcast San Diego. And so those things, more and more people, I'm as I talk to with them and interview them, that kind of stuff happens. And we've got to understand it's a long game. You don't go in it going like, hey, Eric, I'm glad to meet you. What can you do for me? You know, so many people have yeah. that like, 
used car salesman mentality oh, is what geez. I call it. You know what I'm talking about. And it's it's not that you give and then it just it just comes back. So um, well, I think anyway. it's important too, Jeff, and just really quickly, um, sure. just talking about this and dovetailing on this, it's like we we're talking about all the great things about this and and what you what you should be doing in network. Don't forget too, and people will remember. You know, like Eric had a great story there, and that will always be remembered by both parties, right? What also will be remembered is if you weren't considerate about someone's time. Uh, if you didn't deliver value on their show, like all of those things that you just have to, you, you got to make sure you're, you're prepared because those impressions, you know, just like any sort of networking situation, um, you know, you, those impressions mean something. So make sure that you, you've prepped yourself from, you know, uh, before, uh, you know, delivering whatever you're going to deliver on a ballot and show up and, and, and do it too. It's not, you know, don't just play podcaster, right? This right. is, uh, this is a, this is a real uh, thing that you should take seriously. Yeah. Oh, we got some great comments. Uh, Jeffrey F uh, Fitzgerald says, always a great show. Love Eric's quote. They don't look at the metrics. They knew it would be good. A good word. Yeah. Thanks, Jeffrey, for that. Um, yeah. I, I think, you know, not seeing what you can take from people going in there. And Chris, you've done a great example of this. You've uh, helped kind of figure out my strategy is like when I, sh he repurposes a ton of stuff from the dealcasters and his shows for his clients. And I do the same thing for this show. And I'm always wanting to high highlight the guests. Like I'll repurpose this. I'll get great clips from Eric. I'll put it out there. I'll tag him. And what that does, not only does it make Eric look good and help me look like a thought leader, which I need all that help I can get, but it also, but it, what it does, it gets me guests who like, if I'm on Jeff's show, I know I'm going to be repurposed. Like I know it's going to go out there many times and he's going to make me look great. I don't think podcasters understand how important that is, is that when you make your guests look great, it really gets you better and better and better guests as you continue to, to go down the road. So anyway, so on that note, Eric, what are some like maybe some misconception podcasters might have about networking? You mentioned, you know, not doing the ask, you know, the worst they can say is no. But what are some other things that podcasters might miss when they they're first starting out and they're and they're wanting to grow their podcast with networking? Well, in podcasting, I think one of the misconceptions when it comes to networking is just common across every industry, which is that networking is about making connections so that whether you can get something now or get something later, you're getting something. And instead of that, looking at it like you're interacting and creating relationship with people and you're giving to them, you're giving of your time, you're giving of your platform, you're allowing that. And not only that, but I think it's more of a you know, us podcasters specifically, I guess, maybe uh, there's and maybe even live video, but there's this idea of it's it's like strip mining almost. It's like, OK, <laughs> let's get all that we can get out of this valley and then we'll move on to the next one and so on and so on. But again, like you said, Jeff, I've had, you know, a number of different people who've been on the show multiple times over the course of like 11 years and they wouldn't come back unless I was treating them well and they were finding value and they were, you know, having great conversations. And so I think the key is not just with guests, but with your audience is always providing value without expecting anything back per se. And that's not to say you don't want to have people listen or give feedback or, you know, all those kinds of good things, but you want to continually be growing and you want to be continually be growing those relationships. I think every time, like for example, I've had Todd Henry on a number of times. And so then what was cool was suddenly I'm in Indianapolis, I think September 2017 to see you too with my friend Todd. And suddenly we're walking out of, uh, we're about ready to finish out of uh, Chipotle one of our favorite places to eat and Todd Henry and his son walk in. They're there for the same show. And so we were able to hang out with him like in person. Right. He knew me instantly. Like there was a rapport and he said, Oh yeah. And by the way, we just met Bono and I'm like, what? So anyway, uh, <laughs> and I never forgave him for that. Yeah. No. Um, <laughs> so yeah. It, again, that's just that was all gravy that was all bonus but it was built up over years that like instantly like he recognized me and i knew who he was and then we walked back over to the lucas oil stadium and waited in line together and it was it was fun yeah that that's those kind of things are what make you love podcasting or live video or interviewing people even more because it's you know the world opens up when you're able to interview people across the world or a country or you know whatever it's just it's just so cool i 
I could nerd out about this stuff for a long time. So I want to move on to this next section where we're talking about some strategies for this. And our friend Gary Stockton, one of the things he said, he said, uh, podcasts have a funny way of facilitating introductions. You never know who's listening. Yeah, there's something about being in somebody's ear that just uh, is really, really cool. And there is that intimacy that happens, Gary. You're right. But uh, Gary has a great question. Um, and I'd love to know your thoughts on this, Eric and Chris. What are your thoughts on podcast directories or places where you pay to get access to guests? And I know, Eric, you have done kind of a pod matching kind of a thing before. I, I don't know if Chris has or not. I have not personally done one. But I, I, first of all, let's talk podcast directories and then let's talk about the, you know, the access to guests. So uh, go ahead, Eric. Yeah. So let's see. So uh, thoughts on podcast directories are, well, directories are great. Like go look through them, find people. Um, I know that if I'm, I, I hope I pronounce his name right. Alex San Filippo or Filipio. San Filippo. Filippo. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Uh, San Filippo. Alex San Filippo has created a number of different things, but one of the first things or best things even um, that he's created is this thing called Podmatch. And essentially mm-hmm. it's like speed dating for guests and hosts to find common interests and or, you know, you can advertise that, hey, I'm I'm a podcast. I'm a podcaster. I should say I'm not a podcast. I'm a podcaster. Um I am a podcaster who's looking for guests and I'm looking for this type of guest, people who have expertise in these say key metrics, SEO, et cetera. Um, and then other people can go in and say, I am a ho- I am a guest or I'm looking to guest. I may be also a podcaster, but I'm looking to guest. And so it kind of matches you up and you can consider slash accept whatever. And, and it's a great way to start up conversations and or make those initial connections. You may not find, you know, tons of them that work out great, but, and that I, I don't, you may know this, Chris, um, if it's paid or not, I don't believe it's paid. Um, I think it's just there for the benefit of everyone because we all grow when we connect. Do you mean pod match? Yeah. Pod match. It is. It is. A, it's it is. a paid service. And so okay. I'm just going to turn into a, it, maybe you should talk to Podmatch, uh, Jeff. And they we'll have them on, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's going to turn into a commercial. Uh, yeah, they have guests and they host, but they, but I am a part of Podmatch as an agency. So I have, uh, you know, I have my clients that I go and I use uh, Podmatch to get guests for, uh, for the shows that I remote produce as well. Um, can't say enough great things about it, to be honest. Um, and so I think the right answer though, uh, is both. You should use these things to kind of quantitatively fill what you need to stay consistent. If you have a guest, right, a guest and, and make sure you're really doing the due diligence and, 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 you know, looking, it's a dating service, just like Eric said. So you, you know, you're gonna, there's going to be some bad dates. I mean, there's, you know, it's just <laughs> going to happen. This is the law of, uh, you know, whatever the law is. And right. so, you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna have some clunkers, but you, but it is, I mean, Alex does a fantastic job here again as a commercial for uh, Podmatch. Uh, here's my affiliate code. Um, <laughs> you can, um, they, they do a great job of going in and just weeding out the people that are bad actors or the people that are just, you know, not doing, you know, like just showing up and just paying the money and not doing anything. It's like, we don't, hey, this is not for you, right? We have serious people on this platform. We have people that really are putting in the work and um, I've gotten clients out of it as a, as a remote producer because they'll be on a show and I'll pull them on as a host. And it's just sort of like, Hey, can you do this for me? And I'm like, yes, I can. And so it, you know, again, this is another part of networking, except I was, you know, a producer for a particular show, the network, your network expands out, right? It's, it's more of a quantitative thing, but the right thing to do is to really have a quality uh, personal network and use these other services to help build it. And, you know, it helps you as a podcaster uh, become more uh, consistent with your shows. Mm. So Eric, what is your, cause Chris is taking it from an agency kind of thing. You have done it. I don't think of this particular service, but you've one, used one similar. What has been your results for it? W- would you do it again? Cause I know you have to pay money to get, yeah, in this network and then they match you with people, you get them on your show. Was that valuable for you? Would you, would you recommend somebody doing something like I, that? Yes. And I'll name it. It was interview connections. Um, and it, it was well worth it, I think. And what was done and what was great was that it, they did kind of this discovery stuff with you right up front where they walk you through like, okay. And, and, and 
the, the purpose of it is for you as whoever you are with, I mean, again, I don't have to be a podcaster. I could just be a person with a new book or a person who wants to gain more authority and, and awareness. Uh, you go to them and they find you placement on other podcasts. And so I just happen to be a podcaster looking for other podcast listeners to listen to mine, but Hey, whatever. Um, <laughs> but they went through, here's all the different topics Eric can talk about. Here's, you know, and then they pitch you and you have a certain amount that they, they fill. And if the person likes you and says, yes, let's have a discovery call, you do that. Or if they don't, and they just want to book you, you, you say yes. And if it's a fit again, you, you can also deny and say, oh no, I don't think this is a fit. But, um, I, I got to admit that like, not only by doing those, did I see an uptick in other outside of them people asking me to be on shows again, which was something I hadn't done for a long time and kind of gotten out of it in terms of my regular rhythm of seeking out or being asked, et cetera. Um, it was well valuable. So I just think that the more you're appearing, the more you're seeking out appearances. Again, key here is I'm always the of the mind to be go out of way and ask people to be on mine. And I get a lot of email pitches about, again, I get right. so many. At some point here, I need to do a real case study and just say, here's how many I got in a week. And here's how many were. Um, you could tell they didn't uh, even listen to your show. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. right. And that's the thing is like, hey, I love your show on productivity. And this person talking about this topic. Here's my guest who's, I think, should be on your show. Way other topic. It's like right. Bitcoin. Yeah. And I'm like, builds Hello Kitty purses. Yeah. 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 That holds Bitcoin. And it's like, okay, <laughs> right. yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> so on this note, because I have not used this and what I have done, I usually as my friends or my people in my circle or from when I worked at Social Media Examiner, the people I was in contact with that way, I was able to invite on the show. But I also think uh, something that we don't talk about is we have this loose like podcasting network, like especially with the deal casters and even with Eric, you know, he and I will email each other back and forth and go, Hey, this guy was great. Or I read this book about productivity. You need to have this guy on your show. But Chris, a lot of times he'll say, you need to have Dave Jackson on your show. I'm like, so, and Eric said the same thing. I'm like, okay, I need to get Dave Jackson. And so kind of use your own internal network to yes. find, uh, you know, cause we have this kind of loose base thing where, you know, you know, Chris will say, Hey, can you give me an introduction to this person? And I'll say, Hey, can you, I saw him on your show. Do you think he would be a fit on mine? That is one of the best ways to do it because yeah. having yes. that email introduction or that messenger introduction is just uh, the coolest way to do it. So anyway, I want to say Well, and I think a lot, a lot of it is because in, and Eric, you probably see this, see this uh, a lot. There are just people that that's their, their marketing is getting on as many podcasts as a guest as possible. And what happens is they're on 450 podcasts in a year and they say the same thing on 438 of them. And so like, they're not, it, are they serving your audience? And so you just have to, you have to understand like, you are as as a podcast host, your job is to serve your audience and having an interesting guest is cool, you know, but is that interesting guest really going to serve your audience? And if, if the answer is no, just because they have a name, then maybe you don't have them on your show. And I think there's a ton of people, again, the bad actors in Podmatch are kind of weeded out, but for the most part, there's a ton of people that are like putting in the reps, putting the reps. I got to, I got to get in as many podcasts as I possibly can. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But if they're saying the same thing every time, do you really need to have them on their show? And if you've got a really uh, robust network like you're talking about, then you can kind of mix and match and really help serve your audience. Yeah. And we well, have uh, uh, real I, quick. I, I got to I got I've got a response to that. So okay, go ahead. I got to do your response. My my secret sauce, as I've shared a couple different times, so it's not so secret anymore, is it's fine if I listen to, um, you know, guest X on five different shows and I know they're talking points inside and out. That's great. But what that means is I've heard the, the, the host ask those questions and them answer with that same answer. But then that means you do your homework and you come up mm -hmm. with the follow-up questions that mm -hmm. only you would ask so that yeah, sure. your episode is the standout episode. That is mm. a great point because so you like with Guy, Eric, is that when somebody comes out with a new book, they have these podcasters they hit and you're one of them, right? And so they usually have a spiel like they're trying to push their book sales, which is fine. It's cool. They're, and they're, there's a reason they're great authors. But I know what you just said and what Guy says too, his whole goal and what your goal is to have them say, you know what? 
nobody's asked me that question before. That's when you're like, I got it, you know? And so that I think it's okay to get those, but make sure that you, like you said, and what Dave Jackson just said, you still need to do your research. Pre-interviews are a good thing. And who is this Dave Jackson? So I didn't do a pre-interview with him. I probably should have done that. But, Speak you know. of the devil slash yes. Hall of Famer. That's right. Look Dave at him. He's, 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 even his icon is like him accepting the award. <laughs> that is amazing. I'd um, do that if I got that. That's right. Yeah. So, Well-deserved. Thank you, Dave, for uh, chiming in. And by the way, his episode was two episodes ago. Make sure you go listen to that. I was on his show. I don't think I screwed up too much. Uh, so go listen to that episode as well. Um, but as we're going on these strategies, because one one of the things is I want to bring up questions from people. Uh, our friend Dustin Stout, who is also a guest uh, way back. You need to go check it out. We were talking about AI. He's got an amazing tool. By the way, Dustin, read an article yesterday from Insider. Mentioned your your tool. This guy was building uh, this great, awesome uh, app, and he used your tool to do it with. I hope you saw oh. that, but it was an Insider. So very, very cool. But he goes, tuning in late. Is there been any talk about growing a purely entertainment-driven podcast with no side business that's meant to generate leads for? Just doing it for fun, I guess, was he saying? Because he's asking because he has a friend. Yeah, I have a lot of friends too, Dustin, who uh, just wants to be a podcaster in the style as, for example, Joe Rogan. He's not sure how to grow a podcast like that when it's not a niche or, you know, kind of topic. It sounds like he wants to be a podcaster to be a podcaster. Does that make sense? I mean, I, he wants to just be entertainment. So what are your thoughts on that? A lot of us have tried entertainment podcasts in the past. Uh, I know Eric has done a uh, YouTube podcast. I think he's frozen right now, but so Chris, I'll go to you. What are your yeah, thoughts about it? Can you this? hear me? I can hear you, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. I don't, if the video is just frozen for some yeah. reason. Yeah, you look like you're thinking hard. Chris, I will go for you and maybe Eric will unfreeze by that time. I mean, if you're someone that people know, Right. I mean, you have some sort of quote unquote celebrity, then yeah. I mean, how many podcasts have you hit play on and you know who the person is and you're like five minutes into this, you're like, okay, I, I learned about you walking out and getting your mail today and talking about just random subjects. I mean, the only reason why a lot of these people are getting, you know, listened to is because of now if they're you know, interesting and they have, you know, something that, that would drive people to listen to them, even though they don't know it, it's a long game. And I really feel like just doing something from an entertainment perspective, if that it makes you feel great and it's fun for you, totally fine. I mean, having fun is a great reason to do a podcast. It absolutely is. Some people do a podcast just because it's self-therapy for themselves. Like mm -hmm. I'm going to try to improve myself. So I'm just going to have a podcast about it and hopefully it reaches somebody, but it's really completely self-serving. Totally fine. But are you going to expect that to become, you know, top of the charts on iHeartRadio or whatever? No. I mean, right. it's just, you know, like don't expect that. Um, but if you're wanting to drive more business, I mean, you really have to get a little bit more tactical about who the people are that you're serving. Like, who do you want as, as you know, to, to be at the top of your funnel or whatever you're trying to do? If you're trying to be a keynote speaker to get more gigs, are you targeting the people that book you for gigs, right? Are you, are you, are you doing, are you being a little more tactical? Tactical about about the the message that you're delivering and being able to solve those people's problems. You know, there's nothing wrong with pure entertainment po uh, podcasts. It's just not only is it a long game; it's a longer game, in my opinion, unless you have some level of celebrity. That's just right. my opinion. I think that's a great. What are your What are your thoughts, Eric? I completely agree. I think it, you know, back in the day, it would have been an easier starting point and easier mm -hmm. to do um, with just a hey. I'm going to talk about random topics kind of show, but how do you find a show? Like, again, if, if I, as a person were looking to go be entertained by a show like that, where do I go to look for that? Like, what, mm -hmm. what do I call it? Like, what do I search for? What's the SEO yes. on that? You know, to go with yeah. our friend, Lauren Gagioli's um, right. expertise. It's like, Oh, guy talking about stuff. Like, how much different things is that going to bring up? So I think, unfortunately, you do need to narrow it. This is one of the reasons why I personally have not come out with an additional podcast in my production mm -hmm. that in time, but um, because you had to narrow down the topic. So and it takes a while and, yeah. and it takes a thought process. But I think you have to niche at least a little bit. Yeah. So I want to bring what Dustin goes. Yeah. Um, he, uh, my friend just wants to make a living doing a podcast where he just talks about random talk topics of interest. And he said, uh, Dustin also said he's not a celebrity, celebrity, but he has a great personality. 
I would say go due to the art the go to the podcast uh, school of podcasting by dave jackson because dave talks yes. a lot about this about how important it is to have a niche because just saying i mean a lot of people want to be joe rogan a lot of people want to be on fire like you know john lee dumas like social media on fire you know that happened and have a flaming microphone for their logo so he's got there's got to be a way to stand out and and once again Go look at Dave's got a bunch of free stuff. He's got a, a bunch of episodes about this very subject. So I would tell your friend to go watch Dave Jackson and maybe even enroll in his school of podcasting because uh, I think that would would help him out. So uh, I want to get back to me and talk about, <laughs> how, about uh, how we actually we do this mastermind. And I because I think it's one of these things that prop i know it's boosted my business my podcast my life everything being a part of a mastermind group so i want you to talk a little bit about the joining and or starting a podcast mastermind group you know what are some key factors that you might think of because we've been doing it for a long time we actually have gone now beyond just we're talking about podcasts we talk about our business and our life and you know kids moving out of the house so it is a very integral part of my monday mornings that i don't miss so talk about that and just kind of, you know, if somebody's wanting like, I want what Jeff and Eric have, how do they do that? With any good mastermind, it's, it, it's always about the caliber of the people in the group. You can have considerations about topic and how many people are in the group, but it all comes down to the quality of the people in the group and the openness of the people in the group. And so, and, and hope that they accept you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, there's that, uh, what's, what is it? Groucho March, uh, yeah. Groucho Marx quote about any group that'll accept me is not a good group to be in. Anyways, um, you want to have expectations and you want to have them met. You want to all agree that there's a certain standard or code or, you know, like you don't want people, I mean, man masterminds, there's usually this, this hot seat thing where, okay, this week it's this person and this person or just one or whatever. And it's their turn to share. And all of that thing is, is you don't want to come around to somebody whose turn it is for the hot seat. And they're just like, yeah, I need help with this and this. And it's like, they don't really have, I mean, there you're there to help them and, and for them to help you when it's your turn. But if they're not really fully present, if they're not really engaged with the group, if they're not, if, if they're just showing up, um, you know, for their hot seat day to get a whole bunch, but then when it's not their hot seat, they're not sharing, they're not right. giving insight, they're not observing and helping, then, you know, that's just selfish. Again, that's kind of goes back to, you know, the whole strip mining thing. It's like, well, I'm in this group for me, not for you. And, and that's not the purpose of a mastermind. Yeah. And it's okay to walk away. Like, it's okay to say, like, you don't want to stay and say, oh, it's going to get better when you know it's probably not because it's the same people. But I, once again, um, I really want to figure out a way. And, you know, I, I think this is our friend Lou Mangella saying the Eric Fisher. Uh, he's got a great mastermind and group as well. Um, but so, you know, we met at a conference. So I want both of you guys to talk about um you know, when we go to these, because we formed it, the mastermind after, after we met at a conference, thought, you know, let's continue this conversation weekly is kind of how it developed. So how do you approach networking at like large events and conferences? You know, especially when you see people like, um, we usually, it's easy to go hang out with the same people. Um, you know, Eric, you talked about having a strategy. It's funny because we were all planning on going to this really big uh, podcasting conference and we're all not right now. So. Yeah. You also have to figure out the ROI. <laughs> what would you say, Chris? We're, and we're talking about it. It's right. Like, yeah, well, podcast <laughs> movement's happening next week, but we're yeah. not going to be there. Yeah. Hey, but we didn't say the name till now. Yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 but it, there's a reason why. Let's, I mean, let's yeah. just say this caveat: we all wish we were going. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We all True. we all wish yes. that we were going, and the reasons 100%. vary between us, and that's okay. Like my daughter is going to college, as well as there's like some budgety stuff, which again that's directly related to college. So whatever, <laughs> but uh, yeah, but but you better believe I'm already planning on going to something else in January and hoping to go to the next podcast movement anyway. Right. Right. So there you go. I, I think what it comes down to is there's been too many events that I've gone to, and that after it's all said and done, and I'm on my way home, I realize. Oh, crap. I never uh, hung out with so-and-so or we didn't get to spend enough time together with the, the people that I did hang out with. I go in now 
trying to have a, a what I call a hit list because uh, I'm an, a networking assassin and uh, <laughs> or at least I try to. And right. and often I'll, I try to make plans with those specific people ahead of time that I definitely want to spend as much time with as I can or at least make sure I have a good 20 minute half hour coffee with as and I try to plan those out as much as possible before the event happens so that I know that I've got those in my back pocket that are definitely happening. Obviously leaving wide open the room to meet people like Chris and Jeff serendipitously through other people. Because again, that's, that's how things, that's how you add people and you, you know, right. grow your network and find out, oh my gosh, I didn't know I had so much in common with Jeff or, you know, those kinds of things. You just don't know till you actually meet him. But again, you've got to go in with some kind of an expectation of ROI to make it make sense. And it definitely means hanging out with certain people, um, whether you already know them or again, you can have a hit list. I and mean, I have different tiers of the hit list, I should right. say. So the, the one hit, the one is people I know, the one, another one is people I want to spend a lot of time with. And then there's ones where it's like, Hey, I just want to shake their hand and say, thank you. If, if I don't, if I only get to do that, great. If we get a couple more sentences or even five, 10 minute in the hallway, perfect. But I lower my expectations and then just try to make sure I know, you know, where they're going to be for speaking and kind of either go to the session or sit outside the session or, you know, or be there when they're leaving the session, those kinds of things. Um, and I was able to do that with some people. Yeah. So Eric and I, we always meet over the buffet line. No, that's <laughs> <laughs> no, but eating with together, going out to eat with friends and stuff. That is very, another place. Yes. To be strategic. Chris Stone, I want to know what you do yeah. because you're very, you're a very strategic guy. He barely will even talk to me at a conference. Cause he's just like, I've got to talk to everybody, but Jeff, no, just kidding. But what, what do you, do, how do you handle those things? Do you have a assassination list like Eric or what are your <sighs> thoughts when, cause you, I mean, the cool thing when we went to podcast movement, or PodFest, you took me around and like introduced me to people that I didn't know, like Roger Cloud, uh, you know, those people who, who make microphones and, and stuff like that. Um, you introduced me to some of your contacts, which I just was very thankful and grateful for. Uh, got me some, you know, some, some brand deals and stuff. So what do you, how do you, what is your strategy when you go to a conference like one of those? That's exactly uh, what I do is I try to be a connector. And, uh, that is how I serve when I go to those, I don't look at it as a, okay, um, here, I want to learn this, this, of course I go to learn and, and sort of, but my rules basically for, for, uh, one of my rules every day, well, here's, here's my three rules, listen to music every day, make my wife laugh every day and to, um, create more than I consume. So when I go to these events, those rules are still the same. I call my wife and I make her laugh. I listen to music and I try to create even when I'm at those events. And the way I create is I connect people and I try to create um, something there while I'm there. And of course I'm going to consume, I'm going to go see Eric Fisher, you know, talk about something. I'm going to go see, you know, Marcus Sheridan talk or, or whatever, I, you know, I'm going to be able to do to try to learn and to sharpen my saw, of course, but I want to sharpen to somebody else's saw. And so that's really what I try to do is I try to, you know, PodFest um, has, you know, uh, off, I'm on their board of ambassadors or whatever. So that's one of the things that I do for them is, is like, hey, do you know Jody Krangle? She does voiceovers. You're looking for somebody to do, uh, you know, something here. Hey, you guys need to talk. Maybe it happens, maybe it doesn't, you know, uh, but I'm, I'm trying to connect people and help people because a lot of people and we haven't talked about this eric is like a lot of people are are introverted right and they're going to convent they're going to these things and they're freaking out inside and they don't know what they don't know what to do and i thought the the one of the shows that you did on beyond the to-do to list um i don't know it was maybe two three weeks ago with phil marchand and you guys you know you were talking about you know how to you know how he orchestrates that event and how he presents things to different types of people some people are just they just need someone to kind of go hey tell me about your show what can we do like you know and just point them in the right direction and then you feel better about it yeah I think that, that there's so much good wisdom in there and that's going to be repurposed by the way. Um, but one uh -oh. of the things that you, I like to go to conferences and I like to see who's on the fringes, like, cause I have been that person, like high school, junior high, <laughs> you know, yeah. like we have been there and I always want to go and talk to them and feel, bring them in 
to the conversation. There's some, and I think Phil taught us this one time is like how even when you're standing around in a circle to be open so people can come in and join that circle and not be a closed off thing. There's all those little techniques and, you know, Phil's going to cover it in his book. Uh, our friend Gary says, you know, he's going to business to a B2B forum in October and hoping to make some new connections in addition to learning. Gary, you're not gonna have any problem with that because you're very open and very giving and, and yeah. I'm sure that you're going to make some great connections. Um, the other thing I always like to do kind of my strategy is I want to go to a conference and learn something. But the other, the only other sessions I go to is when my friends are speaking, like I want to support them, you know, uh, yeah. you know, Katie Brinkley was, you know, she was speaking that I think pod, podcast movement. I went to her session. The other stuff is let's talk about the hall stuff. Like, um, because that is where the magic happens. And Eric, I want to know if you've like ever had like a missed opportunity that taught you something about networking. Like, was there a time where you went, uh, if I would have just had enough courage or, Oh, if I would have, you know, that guy later on, I found out was like a big fan of mine and I didn't even go up and talk to him. Have you ever had anything like that where you wish you kind of had a missed opportunity? I think there's been too many to count. So I, again, that's kind of why I came up with the hit list because, um, you know, let, let alone, I mean, there, there were just, I, I'm trying to think of speci- uh, like a specific one that doesn't feel too shameful. Um, but I think, you know, honestly, I think one of the things that kind of helped me out and, you know, to tie this back into podcasting was I just thought, you know what, it would be amazing to get this specific person. I was doing, I'm doing a productivity podcast. Well, productivity, you, you think David Allen getting things done. Right. And the story I always share is that like, I thought right up front, it was like within the first few episodes, I thought I'm going to need to reach out and ask because I don't, you know, who knows how long it'll take to get him. And I one what I did was I emailed through his site and within 24 hours, his wife replied and said, David would love to do it. How about this day at this time? And I did not expect to get that answer. And I could have gotten a no and I would have been okay with it. And I would have replied and said, hey, so um, is there a process or, you know, right. all those kinds of follow up questions. But getting the yes suddenly made me think, wait, so the worst that can happen is I get a no. Well, then or, or they shrug me off. Well, OK, fine, whatever. I can deal with that. Um, I can even deal with not getting a response. But getting the yes feels so good. Why not just keep going? So, um, yeah, I, I think that ultimately that kind of paved the way for being a little bold. I am sure, um, there's been a couple of times where I've gone up to people or tried to, and I think really the thing, the, the, the real issue, and this is again, why I do the hit list and try to do the pre-planning is if I haven't done that planning, then I'm not going to be in the right place or, or right enough place or right enough time to be able to make that by chance, um, you know, handshake and thank right. you, um, like I want to. And so I had completely missed out on, and there's, and there's a couple where I was like, Oh, I missed out on that one. And then later I'm like, yeah, I'm, I don't care that I missed out on that one because later I was just like, yeah, I don't really like that person anymore. But still, <laughs> uh, the truth comes out. So have either one of you guys tried to record a, a podcast at conferences? I've been a part of them before, but I have never tried to do it myself. I I've gone into like somebody has got a hotel room or something and we've done an episode that I've, you know, done something with, we did do a live podcast from Ecamm's booth. I think I've done that twice. That was was fun because people would come by. I mean, Pat Flynn jumped in one time, you know, I mean, it's just that kind of stuff was fun. It was a live video. It really wasn't a podcast where I was trying to get deep, but we, I think you guys came on. We, I think we, or Jim did for uh, one of the rotations. Maybe you weren't there at that one, uh, Chris, but um, yeah. So he did, uh, he did the Tim and Jim show at social media week, Lima. Okay. I want to say, and I've tried to do it at Podfest. It's one of those things where I, it just, and this is, was going to be my question for you, Eric, is like, how, um, how does multitasking go? You know, and and maybe not just for conferences, right? And you know, this is I'm talking to the productivity expert here, so I'm I'm you know, this is free consulting for me too. Um, but like when you're running a podcast and you're running everything that you're running, and uh, you know, how do you how do you kind of find the time to network? Is it is it pre-show before you uh, you you get on? Is it post-show? And 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 you're juggling all the plates like. You know, what, what about the balance there between producing your, your podcast and maybe the, the time and the effort that's required for networking? 
Yeah, that's a that's an excellent question. So balancing the time between producing a show, but also networking really comes down to producing a show the most streamlined and optimized way that you can. And one of the biggest things that took a lot of the time off the plate for me was hiring an editor. And I should have done it way earlier. I think Jeff even told me to hire an editor way earlier, Um, but I don't always listen to him. But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I think as as much as you can streamline your process, your your vetting, your um, your your in and outtake, as well as um, just how much time you're taking on editing. And one of the things that I learned when I was still editing was just how to make that go faster each time. Um, even, even doing something that I highly recommend to people, even if you're not releasing them all at once is to definitely batch record that it doesn't always, that doesn't always work for live video, uh, obviously, cause you can't just go live all day, every day. Although some people would do that, um, just to get a bunch in, but I'm saying if you can batch record a bunch of episodes, um, in a faster click than you usually do, then you've got time off and then you can spend some time networking. But there's also the idea that, I mean, I, I book a whole hour. My show usually runs 40, 45, 50 minutes tops and we book the whole hour. And so, and, and there's for a few reasons for that. One is you want to have a little bit of buffer in case there's issues with connection, right. tech, et cetera, right up front, but also the ability to chat, but also the ability to chat on the back end. Right. Yeah. I, have said this, I think to you, Jeff, and, and I don't have it recorded. I wish I did. But when I had Seth Godin on recently, a couple months back in May, when we were done and I, I was like, okay, we're all done. Thank you, Seth. He said, Eric, you are really good at what you do. And if I didn't have that extra time built in, like he wouldn't have said that to me and it wouldn't have filled my heart with joy and made me feel super inspired to hear that from him specifically. I mean, anybody can say it. Jeff can say it. It won't mean what Seth said. And so (laughs) anyway, just having that buffer time in your connection time, but then also in your oh, you know what? I'm going to follow them on all the socials. I'm going to interact. I'm going to like that, not just to share my show and get them to share the show, but for me to see what they're doing and like what they're doing. And I've done that intentionally with guests. I have guests. I have a guest who was on, she's really good at this. uh, And she used to work at Netflix. Uh, She's really good at this. She has emailed me on like June, sorry, uh, July 1st or July, sorry, January 1st. And then like midsummer and just, just to check in. And I follow her on Instagram and she does really cool stuff and funny TikTok and not TikToks reels. And I wouldn't have that connection now. I mean, again, at some point I'll have her back on, but it's not just about that. It's about like, we're connecting and she's thinking of other people that are that like I, she'd be good. That'd be good on my show and things like that. And again, it's not all just about the content you're creating. It's about the things you don't know and the connections that you make that you don't know are going to change your life. Mm. Well, that is oh. a great, that's just great to end on. Tweetable uh, moment. Yeah. Or I'm sorry, Xable moment. Be, like, what is because it? I just don't think you can <laughs> podcast in a vacuum. Even if you're doing a solo show, you've got to have people to help you either push it out or, you know, you know, help you with show ideas. But if you're doing an interview show like Eric does, like uh, Chris does and like what we do, you have to rely and build up that network. And starting from zero can be hard. It can be a little bit intimidating. And I hope this episode helped you with some ideas, got your, you know, brain cells firing um, because it is all about the network. It's all about the people you meet, the way you treat other people, the way you make them feel like they are, you know, super special and Speaking of that, Chris Stone, super special guy coming on this show. Uh, oh, before Jeff, we get to Eric, tell, so us, tell us where you, we can find out more about you and all of your services. I am uh, Chris Stone. I'm at castahead at castahead.net, or you can go to chrisstone.contact, and that'll uh, give you all the tubes you can connect with me on. And I'd uh, love to uh, be able to talk with you if you're someone that wants a show. You just don't want to figure out how the sausage is made. We do that for you at Cast Ahead. Awesome. My friend Eric Fisher, where can people find out the, and listen to your amazing podcast? And maybe even plug some of your shows that you have done or have coming up. 
Yeah. So uh, you can find it again at beyondthetodolist.com. Lots of great episodes. I mentioned Seth Godin just a minute ago. Um, also have Mike Williams, who used to work for David Allen, has a great book out there. And in fact, the brand new episode that's going to be coming out soon is I did just talk with John Acuff again, had a great conversation. We had a great rapport. I know I asked him stuff nobody else is going to ask him, which is great. And that book and his episode are coming out, I believe, the first week of September. So in yeah. two weeks. So jump in right now, take a look at the back catalog and, and follow so that you're ready for that one when it comes out. Yeah, a couple of great ones that I personally would recommend is go and listen to John Acuff's one because he is he is funny, but it's really good stuff. Also, uh, this I, there's some really good ones about sleep. If you're into that, I've gotten some really great help with getting better night's sleep. And then finally, I'm a big fan of Todd Henry. He's been on like four or five times. Um, just go th- and batch listen to those if you're interested in creativity or or the creativity process. He was a music guy, um, Chris, and so it's, he's got some really cool stuff. I'm um, oh. talking about that as well, his, his books. Um, gosh, I can't remember his books now, blanking on them. But anyway, all his books are great. And with that, all of you guys are great. Thank you so much for being here. Chris, Gary, all the folks, Facebook users, Dustin, Dave Jackson even stopped by. We appreciate all you guys for checking in today. And I really want to say thank you to my friends over at Ecamm. You can find out more about them at socialnewslive.com forward slash Ecamm. They're the ones that allow us to do this show. We're going live with them. At the end, we'll have a perfect podcast because of the isolation audio tracks and also repurposing with their amazing video tracks if you have a max silicone machine it lets you do that and it is so handy dandy for repurposing all of your content and with that we'll see you guys next week thank you guys for watching appreciate you bye everybody social media news live